I love y'all. Stand when you found your place in Exodus chapter number one. And we're going to look at verses eight uh, down through about verse number 14. Here's what the Bible said. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, behold, the uh, people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply and it come to pass when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us and so get them up out of the land. Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens and they built for Pharaoh treasure cities and Pithom and Ramesses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. They were grieved because of the children of Israel, and the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. They made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we love you this morning. Thank you, God, for the good spirit that's in your house today. Thank you, God, for the songs that have been sung. God, stirred our hearts. God, I'm glad when everybody walks out, you walk in. And God, I'm glad that you're faithful when nobody else is faithful. God, when I'm not faithful, you're still faithful. I bless your name for that. God, now for just a few moments, would you illuminate my heart and mind? Help me to preach what you've laid on my heart. And I pray, God, you'd open the hearts of your people and deal distinctly and specifically, and we'll thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, and amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. Now, we're very familiar with this passage of Scripture here in our Bible, and there's a lot of typology here as we enter into the book of Exodus, and we can relate a lot of what takes place in God's people being delivered uh, uh, to being a delivered child of God. There's a lot of typology there, some beautiful pictures here of the Lord Jesus as we look through the book of Exodus But when we get here to the beginning and we begin to see what happens and what takes place, I begin to study and and think about the day that we're living in and the time that we are living in. And I thought about verse number 8 and how that the Bible teaches us there rose up a new king over Egypt which knew not Joseph. And I thought about how in the world would somebody not know about Joseph. I, I mean here in 2023 we all know about Joseph. How in the world uh, did somebody come along that didn't know anything about this man by the name of Joseph. And the reality is uh, it wasn't that they didn't necessarily know about him uh, uh, but they did not recognize Joseph as what it was. Uh, uh, they didn't care about the things that God had used uh, uh, Joseph to accomplish. They didn't care about of the God of Joseph. They didn't care about the children of Israel. And really that's what he's dealing with here in this passage of Scripture. And so we understand that there's some things that takes place. We're not going to talk about the plagues. We're not going to talk about that. But what I want to distinctly draw your attention to throughout this passage of Scripture is how the world really wants you to live and to serve and to worship. How the world really wants you to live and to serve and to worship. I want to show you a couple things by way of introduction and then I'll give you the message and I'll be finished in just a moment. I don't know that my voice will hold out, but I'm going to give it my best shot. 
I was trying to sing with the choir just earlier. And I went, y'all went up an octave there and I tried to go up. And my wife looked at me and said, you could yodel. <laughs> so if my voice goes out, I'm just gonna, I've never yodeled and preached, but that may be what it turns into. I wanna show you just a few things by way of introduction. Verses nine and 10 in our text that I read, we understand that there's a demonic presence. There is a demonic presence. Praise God, two waters, I love it. There's a demonic presence. Look at what the Bible says. The Bible says this, and, they, and he said unto his people, behold, uh, the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with with them, lest they multiply and it come to pass uh, that when there faileth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us uh, and so get them up out of the land. And so here is what's taking place. There's a demonic presence uh, uh, behind the scene. The children of Israel do not know about this conversation, uh, uh, but the enemy is having a conversation uh, about God's people. Uh, uh, may I say to you this morning that the enemy uh, is having a conversation uh, about God's people uh, even now. Uh, and there's a demonic presence in the world that we're living in. Uh, the Bible says in James 3 and verse 13, uh, who is a wise man and do with knowledge among you, let him show out of a good conscience his work with meekness uh, of wisdom. He said, but if you, uh, uh, but if you have a bitter envy and strife in your hearts, uh, uh, glory not and lie not against the truth. He said, this wisdom uh, uh, descendeth not from above uh, uh, but is earthly and sensual and devilish. Uh, uh, there is a worldly wisdom uh, uh, that is contrary uh, uh, to the wisdom that God would give. Uh, and may I say there's a demonic presence uh, in the day we're living in just like it was here. Uh, but there was a distinct plan in verse number 11. Uh, the Bible said, Therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them uh, uh, with their burdens uh, and they built uh, for Pharaoh treasures cities. Uh, uh, there is a distinct plan. They said, here's the deal. Uh, uh, they're going to get bigger than us uh, and so we got to have a plan to deal with them. Uh, uh, what did he say? Simply, he said, we're going to oppress them. Uh, uh, we're going to put an oppression uh, upon God's people uh, and you and I are living in the day uh, uh, when this world wants to put an oppression uh, upon God's people. Amen. Uh, uh, everywhere you turn, uh, uh, this world wants to oppress uh, what God wants to do uh, uh, through the church of the living God. Uh, but then there was a developing people. Aren't you thankful for that? In verse number 12, the Bible said that the more they afflicted them, uh, the more they multiplied and grew. I think about Friday night uh, over under the gospel tent. Uh, uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Brother uh, uh, Kenny Baldwin, Dr. Baldwin got up and preached one of the clearest presentations of the gospel uh, that you'd ever hear. Uh, and there he connected with those men uh, uh, from the Mars Hill football team. Uh, and when he said, do you want to know Jesus? Uh, uh, they said, absolutely. Uh, and the more, my friend, we're afflicted, the more we grow. Uh, uh, don't you let this world tell you uh, uh, that Jesus is done saving. Uh, uh, don't let this world tell you uh, that Jesus is finished. Uh, don't let this world tell you uh, that Jesus has done changing lives. Uh, it don't matter what you came in here with this morning. Uh, uh, there's a God in heaven uh, uh, that's still able uh, uh, to do what you need him to do. Hallelujah. And there's a developing people. There's a distorted position. Look at what the Bible said. The Bible said in verse number 13 and 14. The Bible said that the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with vigor. Here's what the world wants. And here's where we're living in 2023 is that everything that we do in service, that it would be in vigor. 
that it would be hard, that it would be troublesome, that when revival comes around and we've got a week of meeting, when we should be excited, when we should be, I mean, absolutely tore up, can't wait to get back in here for revival. Instead, there is an oppression from the enemy that makes you think, my goodness, how am I going to make it to Friday? It's going to be a long, hard week. The enemy wants you to serve with vigor. With vigor. We're living in the day where God's people are made bitter because of the bondage that's placed on them. And I'm not talking about the bondage of sin. I'm talking about the bondage that comes from the oppression of the enemy in these last days. You better understand there is an oppression from our enemy and he wants you to feel like everything you're doing for God, you're doing it uh, under a yoke of bondage uh, uh, that makes things hard. Uh, But I'm telling you this morning, you better understand uh, uh, that everything about life's hard uh, and everything about serving Jesus is wonderful. Uh, Everything that God's able to do through you, uh, uh, my friend, you'd never get to experience without him. Uh, And my friend, if we this morning, I I can understand that all those feelings uh, and all those emotions uh, uh, that sometimes make us think serving God's hard uh, is from the oppression of the enemy. Uh, It's from what the enemy's wanting us to feel like. Uh, It ain't from the Lord. Uh, If we can free ourselves and understand uh, uh, that God's wanting to do something great uh, and that's just a result uh, of how the world wants us to live. It's how the world wants us to serve and it's how the world wants us to worship. Boy, it help us. So I see a few things. And you do realize that the devil's doing everything in these days to bind the collective body of Christ. And this political movement, you look around the world, worldwide, as Bible believers, they're expecting us to accept sin in these days. They look at us and they say, I expect you to accept the ungodliness of this world. That's what they want. That's what they want. And as we look into this passage of Scripture, I want to show you just a few things. We understand there's some plagues that take place. Y'all know you're a student of the Bible. Y'all know what takes place throughout the book of Exodus here in these early chapters. And we understand that there's some crazy stuff that goes on. We understand that there's the blood and the frogs and the lice and the gnats and the flies and the, and the livestock and the bulls and the hail that comes down, the locusts, the darkness, and the death of the firstborn. There's a bunch of stuff that takes place. But here's what I want to show you, just a couple things and I'll be done. I want to show you Pharaoh's response to these plagues. And I want to show you four compromises that Pharaoh offers to God's people that the world today wants to offer you. I want you to notice in chapter number 8 of the book of Exodus, verse number 25, here's what Pharaoh said. Now there's been some stuff take place now. We're not looking at those plagues, but we're looking at Pharaoh's response. The Bible said, Pharaoh called for Moses and for Aaron and said, Go sacrifice to your God in the land. Moses said, It is not me so to do, for we shall sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. Lo, shall we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes, And will they not stone us? He said, we'll go three days journey into the wilderness and sacrifice the Lord our God as he shall command us. Here's the first compromise that the enemy wanted to offer God's people. Don't identify. He said, hey, Moses, uh, uh, you can worship. Just do it with us. Don't identify with your God. Uh, uh, Let's just do this thing together. Amen. 
And can I say to you, uh, what he's simply saying is it's okay to worship. Just worship with us. This world loves religion, my friend. Uh, this world embraces spirituality. They love it, man. They look up at the skies uh, and they just all they want to see is some kind of crazy uh, spiritual movement in the atmosphere. They're loving it. They eat up with it. Uh, they love UFOs. They love craziness. Uh, uh, they love spirituality. Uh, uh, this world don't mind religion. Uh, uh, they don't mind the religious crowd. Uh, uh, but what they have a problem with uh, is Jesus Christ, friend. See, Jesus ultimately made one statement. Now, he made a bunch of statements that offended the religious crowd and offended the world. But he ultimately made one statement that offended the entire world. And that is when he said, I am the way, uh, the truth, uh, and the life. Uh, uh, Can I say to you, uh, this world wants you to sacrifice uh, uh, your identity as a Christian. You can identify as about anything. This world says, Gabe, that if you want to identify as a woman, why, you can do that. It's all right. Amen. And you ladies, if you'd like to identify as something that you're not, well, that's all right. You can identify as just about, hey, if you want to identify, Gabe, if you want to identify as a cat, you can identify about, the world says, that's okay. You can identify whatever you want to. That's accepted. That's all right. You can identify as whatever you'd like to until you say, I'm identifying with the blood ball crowd. Till you say, I'm identifying with Jesus. I'm identifying with Christ. I'm identifying with the one that shed every drop of his blood on the old rugged cross. That's where the world draws the line with identity. May I say that's the only identity that even matters. Oh, this world says, hey, won't you sacrifice your identity? Won't you just worship with us? Won't you just worship here in the land? Boy, I think about Christianity. Um, Salvation, it's exclusive. Would you agree with that? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. That tells me I've got an identity in Christ. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. There's an identity in being a Christian. Now are you the body of Christ and members in particular. There's some identity. Oh, behold, what manner of love hath the Father bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Uh, to worship the crucified one uh, in 2023 uh, uh, will be just like uh, if Moses killed the sacred cow down in Egypt. It's an abomination to this world. Can I say to you in these days more than ever before, we need some individuals that'll say, I identify with Jesus. I'm not sacrificing my identity as a Christian. I may work down somewhere at the factory. I may be in law enforcement. I may do this. I may do that. But my identity is in Jesus. My identity is I'm a Christian. Hallelujah. That's my identity. The world wants to offer you compromise to that. Hey, don't, it's okay to be religious. Just don't identify with Jesus. Pharaoh was okay with them worshiping. He just wanted them to worship how the world wanted them to worship. 
It's okay to hook up. Hey, it's not time to be hooking up with the world's way of worshiping within the realm of spiritual things. You understand that, right? Uh, uh, all across this country uh, this morning, uh, uh, there are congregations of people uh, who have decided to follow a leader uh, uh, that have led them uh, in the direction uh, of taking the spiritual things, uh, uh, my friend of the world, and I'm not talking about of God, uh, but the spiritual things of the world and blended it with the spiritual things of God uh, uh, to the point, my friend, they've sacrificed their identity as a Christian. Now it's just all a game. Got to move on. I got to move on. I think about my identity as a Christian. And I think about a man in our Bible by the name of Peter. And I can relate to Peter a lot. Can't y'all? And Peter, if you know, I just saw there's a tambourine under this pulpit. Praise God. (laughs) But oh, Peter... Sacrifice probably ultimately, if you study the Word of God, Peter, as as a, as a disciple of the Lord Jesus, when he denied the Lord, no doubt Peter made the ultimate sacrifice of his identity when he said, "I know not the man." Would y'all agree with that? When Peter said, "No, I don't know who Jesus is," he ultimately sacrificed his identity as a Christian. Do you agree with that? And here's what happened in the life of Peter. If you go study that story, here's what took place. Peter and the Lord are having a conversation before the cross and before Peter denied the Lord. They're having a conversation. The Lord looks at Peter and he says this, Peter, you can't follow me. That's what he said. And Peter said, oh no, Lord. Listen, I'll follow you to death. And the Lord said, no, Peter, go study the synoptic gospels. And you'll understand this. He said, no, you can follow me afterward. You can't follow me now. You can follow me afterward. Well, then we know what happened. Peter followed the Lord afar off. That's what the Bible said and ultimately denied the Lord. And I've all and I've preached it, and that ain't wrong to preach. That following afar off is not good, and I don't think it is. But the problem in Peter's life was he was following, period. He shouldn't have thought, he should have had nothing to do with the scene of the crucifixion. He should have stayed right where he was at or went somewhere else. He should have never followed Jesus. That was disobedience. It was partial disobedience because he followed afar off. But partial disobedience is always full disobedience. And so the reality behind Paul's, Paul's sacrificing his, I'm sorry, Peter's sacrificing his identity, the whole reality behind that was just disobedience. And can I say to you this morning, church, when we disobey the Lord, we are sacrificing our identity as a Christian on the altar of disobedience. And see, Jesus knew that Peter couldn't handle what he was about to go through. Jesus knew that when Peter saw the pain and the agony and the suffering, that he couldn't handle it. He would deny him. So he said, Peter, don't follow me. You can follow me afterward. See, the Lord knows a whole lot more about us than we know about ourselves. Y'all know that? See, when a door closes and we try to force it open and we try to do it our own way, what we do through disobedience, if we're not careful, we'll be like Peter, we'll sacrifice our identity as a Christian. Man, I tell you, the most identifiable Christian is the most obedient Christian. All this morning, I would tell you, the world is offering a compromise to compromise your identity. Don't let that happen. Let me show you a couple more and I'm going to be done here. 
Not only do I see that there's a compromise of identity, but then I want you to look over to uh, verse number 28, I believe it is, of chapter number 10. If I've got my notes right, if I don't, I'm going to promise you it's in the Bible. And Pharaoh said, I'll let you go. Now, some more stuff has happened, okay? He said, I'll let you go that you may sacrifice the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only ye shall not go very far away and treat for me. So here's what he said. Not only don't identify, but he said, don't isolate yourself. Don't go too far, Moses. Don't take this thing of serving Jesus too far. Don't isolate yourself, Moses. I think about 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? And what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God as God has said. I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore come out from among them and be separate saith the Lord and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you and will be a father unto you and you shall be my sons and daughters saith the Lord Almighty. Uh, Can I say to you there's a call to compromise your isolation. I'm not talking about being some crazy somebody a cult down in Texas where you're living on a ranch with a 20-foot tall fence around your property. That's not what I'm talking about. But I am telling you that there is a call to isolate ourselves from this wicked world. Uh, there's a call to be separate. Uh, there's a call to be different. Uh, uh, this world doesn't need to see more of the same. Uh, uh, this world needs to see some individuals, uh, uh, my friend, that are separated uh, and sanctified uh, and filled with the Holy Ghost uh, and walking in the Spirit. Uh, and there's a call from the world uh, uh, to compromise our isolation. Amen. Don't take this thing too far. Don't go to, I mean, don't go to revival every night. I mean, you've got a lot of stuff going on this week. You've got to work this week. I mean, you've got things happening this week that's just, I mean, you're just going to be wore out and tired. Don't, don't, don't take this thing too far. Don't isolate yourself. I mean, that's just craziness. There's a call to compromise their church. Don't compromise. But then I want to show you this. Look at Exodus 10, verses 8 through 11. Look at it. Now, some more things have happened. They're having another another conversation. Moses, I'm going to turn over here and make sure this is right. There's some more things that's happened now. Look at verse number 8 of chapter number 10 of Exodus. The Bible said... And Moses and Aaron were brought again unto Pharaoh. And he said unto them, Go serve the Lord your God. But then he asked this question. He said, But who are they that shall go? Moses said, We will go with our young, with our old, and with our sons, and with our daughters, and with our flocks, and with our herds. We will go, for we must hold a feast unto the Lord. And he said unto them, Let the Lord be so with you. As I will let you go, and your little ones look to it but then he kind of changes he said for evil is before you not so go now ye that are men and serve the Lord 
So here's, here's another compromise that Pharaoh offers. Not only don't identify, don't isolate, but here's what he says. He says, don't involve. Don't get involved. Don't involve your family. And don't involve your family in what the Lord is, is doing. And uh, don't involve them in this area of serving God. Just leave your children out of it. Let them make their own decisions. Oh, can I say to you this morning, church, the world will say, okay, here's the compromise. I understand you grew up in church. Bradley, I understand you, 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 you grew up around the things of God. You grew up in church and, and your generation, that was a big deal. But let your children make their own decisions. Just, I mean, you do your thing, but, but don't involve them. Let them decide for themselves what they're going to do. Oh, can I say that's the compromise the world wants? Uh, uh, but we have a responsibility uh, uh, to teach the next generation uh, uh, that the God that we're serving uh, is still the King of kings uh, and the Lord of lords. Uh, and he's still on his throne. They don't involve your family. Now I understand, I understand, I get it. I get where you came from. But we're in 2023. Yeah. Things are different now. Yeah. Let people make their own choice. Right. Don't involve them in all this business. Man, I want to say I thank the Lord for my wife being involved in what God right. has allowed us to do for Him. Right. One day if God blesses us with children, I want to involve them yeah. in what God has allowed me to be involved in. You want to know what I'm seeing in 2023? I'm seeing some good mom and daddies that have spent their life faithfully serving God and faithfully in the ministry, becoming disconnected from their children and their children doing their own thing and their children going their own way. And it seems like when you look at them that they're like, well, you know, they're just doing their thing. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to push them away. Can I say to you, involve them in what they're doing you'll do involve them don't let them get disconnected the world say hey there's a compromise there's a compromise here's how I want you to live here's how I want you to serve and here's how I want you to worship I want you to do it by yourself and don't involve people I'll give you the last thing here and I'm done look at verse number 24 of Exodus chapter 10 the Bible said and Pharaoh called Moses some other things have happened now y'all know this And he said, go ye, serve the Lord. He says this, only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. Let your little ones go also. Little ones also go with you. And Moses said, thou must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Our cattle also shall go with us. Here's the last compromise that the world wants to offer you. Don't invest. Okay, I get it. You're, you, you, you want to identify. Okay, you want to identify. <coughs> I get it. No, you, you don't. You, you want to isolate yourself. You want to be different. And now, okay, you want to involve your family. But here, let me give you this compromise. Don't invest what you have in this thing of serving God. 
Don't invest of your finances. Don't invest of your resources. Don't invest of your time. Uh, You can bring your family to church if you want to. Uh, You can tell people you're a Christian if you want to. Uh, You can stay out of the messes of this world if you want to. Uh, But just don't invest. Just don't invest. Just don't invest. Just give us that compromise. Because here's the reality, church. We can come to church and identify as a Christian. And you and I can isolate ourselves from this world. And we can take our whole family with us. But if we don't invest, this place will dry up. Those doors will close. And the work of God will cease. That's just the reality. And I want to give you this. How do how where where are our treasures? And I'm talking to all of us this morning, including myself. God's blessed me. I thank God for His blessings on me. Most of you, we can go out here in the parking lot. We can see God's blessings. None of us rode in here on a horse and tied it to the post out there this morning. Most of you had a heater. You probably turned on a little bit this morning. But here's how most of us invest. The greatest things we have in life are time our talent, and our money. Right. That's the, really the three greatest things that we, that we have, our time, our talent, and our money. Most of us, the majority of our time goes to our job. Right. Would you agree with that? Yep. Talking about the society we live in in 2023. Most of our time goes to our job. Most of our money, the biggest check that we write every month, most of us, that goes to our house. It's our house payment. And then most of our talent will either go to our hobby or back to our job. And that's how we live. I said we. The compromise is don't invest. I wonder, and this is crazy thinking, but I wonder if the biggest check we wrote was to the church. I'm not preaching on money this morning. I'm really not. Right. I wonder if, the, and I know we can't all do this. I understand that. I'm just simply trying to bring it into a, the realm of reality for us. I wonder if every one of us could spend 40 hours a week doing something for Jesus. Right. My goodness. I know that's not necessarily reality for the large majority. But I also wonder if all of our talents that we have was primarily focused on the work of God. But I do know there is one thing, and that is we can do more. You may feel like you're doing a lot, and you probably are. You may feel like that everything that goes on in this place you're a part of, you're here, you're involved, you probably are. But the older I'm getting, the more I'm learning, preacher. I can do more. I can do more. There's always one more thing that you can do. The world's offering us a compromise this morning, church. Don't identify. You can identify as anything, but don't identify with this Jesus man. Hey, don't isolate yourself. Don't be a weirdo. Don't isolate yourself. I mean, blend in. Hey, don't involve your family. My goodness, don't invest. 
There's a demonic presence in this world that we're living in. These last days, soon and very soon, we're getting out of here. Somebody's coming to the piano this morning. Place an invitation. If there's ever been a time to do something for the Lord, it's now. So here's the challenge. Let's find one more thing we can do. Let's find one more dollar we can invest. Let's find, how long has it been since the Lord has dealt with you about something and you got it out of your life? Yeah. I'm serious. How long has it been since, now we're, we're people of standards, aren't we? We are, right? Yeah. But how long has it been since the Lord pricked your heart about something? You might not even have a verse, but he pricked your heart about something and said, hey, won't you quit doing that? You said, all right, Lord. I'll isolate a little bit more. Because I want you to be pleased with me. Yeah. And everybody that we know should know we're a Christian. Amen. And that we love Jesus. Amen. Heads are bowed this morning. She's playing. Would you come? Won't you come talk to the Lord this morning and say, God, would you help me? God, show me that one more thing I can do. Don't let me compromise. God, give me that extra dollar. I'll give it to you, I promise. God, help me to involve my family. Help me to involve those around me. God, help me to be everything that you want me to be. So altars are filling this morning. God, give me that next level of surrender. God, help me. Lord, to see that next level for you and to reach for it with all that I have. There's no life like serving Jesus. There's no joy like being in the will of God. This world wants to rob us of that. Caesar, pray and you pray this morning. Talk to him. He loves you. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for helping me this morning. Thank you for touching my voice. Touch around this altar now. In Jesus' name. Preacher, you come. Stay, you get done for it.